When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everyone. This is the History Hit Warfare Podcast, and I'm your host, James Rogers. As you know, every week I bring you brand new original military histories. And this one is a slightly bit different. I feel like we're investigating something that's unfolding here. We're looking at a mysterious phenomenon, the Havana Syndrome. It's like something out of a Cold War spy film. US diplomats around the world are currently being struck down by a mystery sickness. Doctors, scientists, intelligence agents are all clubbing together and they don't know what is causing this. But those that are afflicted are describing it as a buzzing, a grinding metal, a directed sound of piercing squeals that pressure the brain. It first started in Havana, Cuba in 2016, but it's since been reported in Berlin, Colombia, Russia, Uzbekistan, Austria. So what is causing this? Well, it's not uncommon, as we know, through the Cold War for diplomats to be targeted. So is this a renewed case of perhaps Russian microwave weapons or Chinese acoustic weapons? Is this great power politics in action in its darkest forms? Or is it, as our guest today, Dr. Robert Bartholomew argues, an age-old case of mass psychogenic illness? This is when people in groups start to feel sick at the same time, even though there's no physical or environmental reason for them to be sick. I'm going to leave you to decide if you agree with Robert, but either way, he takes us through an eye-opening, mind-opening history of everything from false sightings of Cold War ghost rockets all the way through to that famous story of a War of the Worlds-style alien invasion. Enjoy. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the History Hit Warfare podcast, and thanks for joining us all the way from New Zealand. Whereabouts in New Zealand are you? I am in Auckland, New Zealand. Wonderful. Well, it is getting dark and dreary here, and I pretty much suspect that winter seasonal depression is setting in deeply. How is it over in Auckland? Not too bad. We've had a long winter and spring, and now the weather is just starting to get better. Okay, that's good to hear. But you guys are all in lockdown. Is that the case? I think it's week eight now of lockdown. I haven't had a haircut. Uh, we can get takeaway. Okay. But uh, that's not necessarily good for your health. And we're hoping maybe to have the vaccination rate up over 90% in about three weeks. And then hopefully things will start to reopen again. Well, 
we here in Europe are most definitely feeling for you. We've been through all of that and we've got amazing listeners over New Zealand and Australia. So our thoughts go out to you. But today I'm very, very excited to talk to you. And thank you so much for taking the time because we're discussing the so-called Havana syndrome, which as reported by the BBC this week is said to have taken yet more victims at the US embassy in Berlin. Police in Berlin are saying that they're investigating well, what they're calling the alleged use of a sonic weapon to attack employees of the US embassy. So let's start with the basics, Robert. Tell us what symptoms are these US officials saying that they're experiencing? Well, name a symptom. Fatigue, insomnia, difficulty concentrating, memory problems, ear pain. Now, it's also been reported they're suffering from brain damage, concussion-like symptoms, white matter tract changes, and hearing loss, although that's not quite true. So you got all these symptoms, most of which are vague, and experienced by everybody on the planet almost every week. Okay, so this sounds like it's pretty broad, but this has been going on for a long time now. This has been going on since 2016, when the syndrome was, well, first reported, of course, in Havana, hence Havana syndrome. Are there any differences or indeed consistencies between the symptoms reported since 2016 and the cases that have happened over the last few years? Look, absolutely. You've got two things going on here. You've got a textbook case of mass psychogenic illness, mass hysteria going on in Cuba. I've studied mass psychogenic illness as a specialty area, as a sociologist, part of my PhD on it, for the past 30 years. And this is absolute textbook what's going on in Cuba. Then you've got something else going on globally. What's going on globally is more mass suggestion because once there were reports in 2018 at the embassies and diplomatic missions in China, what you had was the State Department issuing alerts to their embassies and intelligence officers around the world to be on the lookout for anomalous health incidents, possibly accompanied by strange sounds. And more recently, the Department of Defense has sent letters to all 2.9 million service personnel and contractors to report any incidents that they believe they may have experienced involving Havana syndrome, these vague symptoms. And again, most of these symptoms are symptoms that people experience every day. And I predict over the next few months, you are going to get over 10,000 reports of Havana syndrome coming in to the American government. And of course, there's potential for compensation here as well. It's an experiment in mass psychology. You see, that is a fascinating theory because when I was working as an advisor as part of the United Nations on this and other weapons issues, there were some probable causes that came up. We discussed proximity to radar, exposure to microwaves, and the possible use of so-called sonic weapons. And it's been proven that such weapons do exist, right? The Chinese Academy of Sciences at their technical institute, they have developed a weapon that focuses waves of low-frequency sound to cause extreme discomfort and vibrations in the eardrums, the eyeballs, the stomach, the liver, and the brain. And there are civil versions of this used for crowd dispersal quite readily. 
Does this not account for some of the symptoms, some of the problems we have? Is there not a possibility that this is the cause? Look, there's more evidence for Bigfoot, alien abductions, and chupacabras than there are for this being caused by microwave or sonic weapons. People keep emailing me and say, oh, the government... I saw this online, they've got this uh, acoustical weapon or they got this microwave weapon. First of all, if the United States government or some other government has some kind of super sophisticated weapon, certainly if we had it, we would have used it in Afghanistan and that didn't go very well. When you have a case like this, you have to look at facts, not as we hope the facts are, but as they are. And when you look at that, what you find is that There was just no evidence out there for a sonic or microwave weapon being involved. Robert, can you give us a bit more detail about what these victims themselves think might cause the symptoms and the illness which they're suffering from? Let me try to answer your question by going through the explanations. I mean, the first theory held that what was going on in Cuba was a sonic weapon that was being used to harass the diplomats in Cuba, that sound waves were being directed at them and causing them to get sick. And that's because many of the victims heard these unusual sounds at the time of these so-called attacks. However, an analysis of several of those recordings identified those sounds as the mating calls of crickets and cicadas. Furthermore, most of the victims were inside one of two large hotels in Havana. It's just not possible with the laws of physics to target people inside a hotel with a sonic device. 99% of the sound waves would bounce off the outer wall. And then you had the next explanation that came up was, well, it must be pesticides that were being sprayed to kill mosquitoes that were carrying the Zika virus. And the problem here is other people did not get sick that are standing next to these people. And the bottom line is there is no neurotoxin in the world that only affects American and Canadian diplomats and their families. It can't be pesticides. And then you evolved into this third theory that seems to be popular right now, and that is that it's microwave radiation in something called the Frey effect that can disturb the nervous system. This gained popularity last year when the National Academy of Sciences issued their report suggesting that it was pulsed microwave radiation in the Frey effect. But that has a scientific base, doesn't it, Robert? Because that goes back to the 1960s and a paper by Dr. Alan Frey, which argues that... Some of these sounds were caused by microwaves interacting with the nervous system from nearby radar. So does that not have any purchase? No, it doesn't. It has zero purchase. It's not the Frey effect. The real mystery here is how the National Academy of Sciences panel, which was commissioned by the State Department, reached such a far-fetched conclusion. And look, on committees and panels, you often get one or two dominant people and the rest just go along. That may have happened there. That panel had a friend of mine on it from the UK, Simon Wesley, the head of psychological medicine at King's College in London. 
Simon Wesley was on the panel. He's an expert on mass psychogenic illness. He gives an interview, a radio interview, in which he says, based on the evidence he's seen, the most likely explanation is mass psychogenic illness. Shortly thereafter, they kicked him off the panel. So I think, first of all, this is not a completely objective panel. It was commissioned by the State Department, and I think they had some influence on the panel. It's also noteworthy that not a single member of the panel was an expert on the Frey effect. But here's the thing. It's impossible to be the Frey effect because you cannot record it. The Frey effect is not a sound. It's a perceived sound caused by the stimulation of nerves in the ear or the brain. There's a debate as to which one it is, but instead of asking what is Havana syndrome, the real question is how they came up with the Frey effect. The first scientist to identify the mechanism in the Frey effect is Ken Foster, a professor of bioengineering at the University of Pennsylvania. I was in touch with him just the other day, and he told me it's definitely not the Frey effect it can't be that it's science fiction. The Frey effect doesn't work. It can't be weaponized. The guy who identified the mechanism in the Frey effect, who I talked to the other day, said it can't be weaponized, it defy the laws of physics. What you're seeing here is bad science, and it's gotten picked up in the media, and it's really unfortunate. But I do believe there's a wave now going the other way toward mass psychogenic illness because the FBI report, and the FBI's got some pretty smart people in it, they concluded, they haven't released the whole report yet, it's been leaked, and their conclusion is exactly what we concluded, mass psychogenic illness. And what about the work in the 1970s by Professor Lin, was it, and the experiments at the University of Washington? Is any of that applicable to this? It's not. That's much more pseudoscientific. A friend of mine, Dan Vergano, science editor at BuzzFeed, who went to the Cuba conference, by the way, I met him there as well, he went back after they got their findings from the FBI report that were leaked. And he interviewed him again and he said, what do you think about the Frey effect? And he's like, ooh, because you can't record the Frey effect. It's not possible. So it wasn't the Frey effect. It's something else. And that something else was crickets and cicadas. If you look up the Dan Vergano article, type in Dan Vergano FBI Havana syndrome, you'll see his interview with Dr. Lin. But I can tell you, I know a lot of very well-known neurologists in the UK and the US, and they're just like gobsmacked that this thing is still going on. I mean, it's almost laughable to them that this is still continuing. So when they go back and they look at the Moscow signal and people were hearing a barely discernible clicking sound, that's not in their ear. It's stimulation of the nerves that's giving the perception of the clicking sound. So when people are hearing these sounds, that's something external. It's not microwaves. And when they analyze those sounds, because they asked the diplomats to record the attacks when they were happening, and there are several recordings that were made, and they analyzed them. And they turned out to be the mating call of the ND short-tailed cricket, the Jamaican field cricket, in the Caribbean cicada. 
I mean, I, I've heard cicadas go. I spent a lot of time in the US and they are a little bit terrifying, to be perfectly honest. They sound like an electric box is about to explode. You can't really describe just how loud they can get for a tiny insect. But take us through specifically some of the causes that the victims themselves attribute to their illnesses. So most of the victims believe that they are experiencing symptoms from a sonic or microwave or pulsed energy attack, whatever is being reported out there now. And that's really unfortunate because that increases their anxiety level. And the type of mass psychogenic illness that's being experienced in Cuba is the long-term type, similar to what happened in Salem in 1692. It happens when people are experiencing prolonged stress and you tend to get neurological symptoms, which is exactly what you're seeing in Cuba, neurological symptoms. Now, there was a study in 2019 in the Journal of the American Medical Association that found brain anomalies in some of the patients. But here's the thing. If you look closely at that study, they said that the anomalies were not so significant that they couldn't rule out the possibility of individual variation. Translation, the anomalies were not very significant. Also, if you look at any group and you start trying to find some relatively minor thing that stands out, you know, if I looked at a group of 20 people in their teeth, you'd find some anomalies. It's just the way these cohorts work when you look at them. So most of the patients that I have seen interviewed are convinced that they are the victims of some type of secret sonic or microwave weapon, which doesn't surprise me. And they get very upset when people say it could be mass psychogenic illness. And they have statements like, we're not crazy. You know, they're saying that we're crazy or that we're mentally disturbed. But that's not the case. Mass psychogenic illness is not a mental disorder. No one's saying they're crazy. It is a collective stress response, and it has been documented for millennia. I think that's a really important point to make here. This isn't about craziness. It's almost a rational response to a threat from an external stimuli. I'm really interested in the historical precedent that we can put for this latest occurrence. How far back does this go in history? Well, you can go back into the 1700s when in the 1760s, Benjamin Franklin, a very famous American, he's on the $100 note, one of my favorites. At the time, it was not uncommon for people to give concerts with glasses of water filled with different amounts of water and you'd wet your finger and you'd rub it and you can make different musical sounds. And he saw that and he made this device, this wheel that spun with glass spools, and you touch it with your hand that's been wet with water, and it makes this sound like, almost like in a grade B 1950s movie, like, ooh, this very loud flying saucer-like sound. Whatever that is, we know what's a flying saucer, right? But based on the stereotype in the movies. So he developed this instrument known as the glass harmonica with an A. 
So he spins it around with a foot paddle. He touches it with his fingers. It makes this sound. It became very popular in the 1760s and 1770s. They built a lot of these devices. They gave concerts. And the rumor was that if you listened to this device and were unwell, it could cure all kinds of ailments. And people were going to these concerts and being healed. And then a famous harmonica player in the, I think it was the 1770s into the early 1780s, fell ill. And the rumor started that it was because he was playing the harmonica, and actually the harmonica could make you feel sick. Now people were going to concerts and fainting, feeling unwell, claiming it was affecting their dog and other animals. So the glass harmonica over the course of 20 to 30 years went from a placebo device to a nocebo device. You know, we've all heard of the placebo effect. If I give you a sugar pill and tell you you're going to feel better, often you will. It's the power of expectation. But if I give you a sugar pill and tell you you're going to feel better and someone rushes in and says, oh, my God, that sugar pill I just gave you, it's been contaminated with rat poison, there's a good chance that within a few minutes you might get stomach pain, headache, nausea, you might even vomit, but there's nothing physically wrong with you. Think of it as a software problem, an overstimulation of the nervous system. So that's known as the nocebo effect. The placebo effect is you feel better based on a belief. The nocebo effect is you feel worse based on a belief. Okay. This is amazing. So this is an idea that is almost implanted in people's minds from one person having experienced something that they believe was caused by a sound, let's say, or something they've perhaps seen. And this spreads through a community like wildfire as people put their own symptoms, perhaps they have, down to this one broadly defined or really hard to define incidents that happened. Yeah, and look, there's a whole bunch of cases here that apply with the mass psychogenic illness, mass hysteria, social panic literature. But to understand any case of mass psychogenic illness, you have to understand the social, historical, cultural, political context, because these cases never happen on their own. There's always a historical context and so to figure out this case, you have to go back to the very beginning. And we can. We know patient zero, the first report. It all started in a small unit of CIA officers in Havana in late 2016. And for weeks and weeks, they were walking outside their homes at night and they heard these strange sounds and they couldn't quite figure out what they were. And then one day, one of them wasn't feeling well and had a headache and some ear pain. And he went to the local embassy clinic and he said, I've got these symptoms. And it almost sounds like someone is pointing a acoustical device at my home at night. And they didn't pay much attention to that. But a couple of other CIA officers mentioned the same thing, that at night, it sounded like there was this beam of sound that was being pointed at their homes. And so the theory emerged that they were being harassed by some kind of secret sonic weapon 
possibly in conjunction with the Russians. And this rumor then spread through the CIA unit and later to the American and Canadian embassies. The Canadian and American embassies were sharing information at the time. So that was the early theory. And this may sound really odd. Why would you assume you're being targeted by a sonic weapon? But the idea that they were being harassed made sense to them because there's a long history of Cuban agents harassing American diplomats going back decades. When you go to Cuba, you are told that you're going to be surveilled 24-7. And you're also told about the history that in the past, American agents would wake up in their homes in the morning, you go downstairs and on your kitchen table, there'd be cigarette butts, but you don't smoke. There'd be dog poo on your kitchen floor and you don't have a dog. And they would do all sorts of things, open up your windows, park a car near your home and play loud music just to harass you. Why would they do that? Because there's a lot of animosity because of all the plots that later came to light that they were trying to kill Fidel Castro with everything from an exploding cigar to a poison milkshake. So that's how this started. It started with this history and this historical context. And once you understand the context, then you can have a better appreciation for why they thought, well, maybe it's some kind of sonic device, even though there was no evidence for it. I mean, you can kind of understand that, especially as we've entered an era of President Putin's mischief-making around the world, where everything from the alleged use of rogue drones at Gatwick Airport in 2018 through to, of course, the very real undertaking of state assassinations on British soil at Salisbury have been taking place by Putin. This poking and prodding of Western nations just to show that Russia can infiltrate the nation-state. And that does create a sense of unease. So there is that broader international political climate behind this. There are stories to tell, myths to explore, legends that shaped the medieval world to captivate the imagination. I'm Matt Lewis, and with my co-host, Dr. Kat Jarman, I've gone medieval. We're waiting here for you to join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and let everyone know that you've gone medieval with History Hits. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So can you take us through some more examples to show us that this isn't a human anomaly, that this isn't a theory that you've just put out there, that this has some serious historical grounding and has happened many times before? Yeah, we probably document in our book 100 cases of mass psychogenic illness and social panics that parallel what happened in Cuba. And look, you've hit the nail right in the head. This is a fascinating case because there are so many historical antecedents, links to the past. It's been said that history never repeats itself, but it rhymes. And I think that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing the rhyming of history. There's so many examples to choose from. For instance, in 1954, the United States was doing atomic bomb testing in the Pacific, and people were very concerned over the possibility of radio fallout. And in the Pacific Northwest in particular, there was a lot of concern that year. And there were rumors that the fallout was coming down in the Seattle, Washington area. And people were so concerned that the governor contacted President Eisenhower at the time and asked for assistance in investigating these claims. And it was claimed that the fallout was coming down and causing pit marks on people's windscreens. And there's a famous study published in, I think, the American Journal of Sociology on this, known as the Seattle Windshield Pitting Epidemic. And after an investigation, the conclusion was that, yes, indeed, there were pits on all these windscreens all over the Seattle area, but they'd always been there. And so people are always looking through their windscreens, but they usually weren't looking at them. But because of what was going on, for the first time, people started looking at them instead of through them. And there was an outbreak of mass hysteria in Michigan in 1897. And that had to do with a rumor that someone had developed the first heavier-than-air flying machine and then people started searching the skies at night, looking for evidence of that, and they started seeing it. And it corresponds perfectly with Venus, low on the horizon. But of course, human perception is very fallible and subject to error. The same thing happened in England during 1912, 1913, just prior to the outbreak of World War I, when there were rumors that German Zeppelins 
were doing reconnaissance missions over various cities in England. People started to see German Zeppelins. But if you correspond the sightings with the date, the time, and the location in the sky, they usually correspond with a known astronomical body, usually Venus. Wow, that is fascinating. There is a direct link-up between Venus floating through our skies and these incidents of mass hysteria. I've got one more as well, Robert. Wasn't there a similar case in the Victorian period as well, where people in Britain looked up to the skies and believed they saw ships floating through mysterious clouds? Or am I making that one up? There is a well-known literature on people in the latter Middle Ages looking to the skies and seeing ships in the skies. And, of course, there is a historical context there where some people believe the sky was actually an ocean. So it's not just something out of thin air. People are creating these things because human beings, just like the face on Mars, right, we are meaning-oriented creatures. And we want to, you know, there's all kinds of ambiguities and clouds and all kinds of unusual objects in the sky. And people want to make sense of their environment, right? And whatever you do is going to be reflective of your social, cultural, historical, and religious background. Hence, people used to see crosses in the sky quite routinely during the Middle Ages and latter Middle Ages. You know, you got the angel of Mons and all these things in the sky and people seeing portents. You know, there's a long history of this. And of course, people see what they want to see and expect to see, hope to see. What's the saying? What we fervently wish often appears. I live in Scandinavia, Robert, and you can fully understand with the weather that we get here why there was such a belief in the old gods and the way in which they operated. You could definitely put meaning behind the things you see across these rugged and wild landscapes. And I think there's a correlation between what you're saying here and some of those old myths and mysteries. There's a great Scandinavian case. The Scandinavian ghost rocket episode of 1946 it is a major social panic in history. Well, you've just used the word Scandinavian ghost rocket there, so I can't let you go, actually, without telling us what the Scandinavian ghost rocket is. After the end of World War II, there was a concern that the Russians were going to get some of the rocket technology, like Warner von Braun had, right? There was a great push to try to get those scientists for the Americans. Absolutely. The V1s, the V2s, Operation Paperclip. Yeah. That's right. And a rumor started across Scandinavia that the Russians actually were test firing these V rockets that may be atomic as well, or could be made atomic, across Scandinavia as a prelude for a future war and an invasion. It is a remarkable case. People were seeing ghost rockets everywhere. And the Earth was going through this period at the time of the sighting of these meteor showers. But people were reporting, not meteors, they could see the rocket. They could see the point of the rocket. And so it just goes to show how human perceptual fallibility is so powerful. I'll give you one super quick example. Famous 1938 War of the World Scare. The radio drama by H.G. Wells 
produced by Orson Welles, described these Martians firing heat rays and poison gas. People actually called police to say they could feel the heat rays as described on the radio, and they could smell the poison gas. And some people were actually coughing, talking to the police. They actually had the police dockets on that. And it just goes to show you the power of suggestion. And again, like you say, that external stimuli, the fact that there was that brewing fear at the start of the Cold War mixed in with something that you believed you've heard on the radio there when it comes to H.G. Wells, and you believe that as a news reporting fact, and so everything you feel, or perhaps your body tells you you're feeling, becomes gospel and truth. And when Hadley Cantrell did his famous study, The Invasion from Mars, right after that happened, he found that I think it was something like 20% of the listeners thought that the announcer had it wrong and it actually wasn't Martians. It was a German gas raid. That was Germans possibly operating Zeppelins who were instigating a poison gas attack on America. So, um, you know, it's all about context again and looking at something from the historical, cultural, religious context and then people, the sky becomes a Rorschach inkblot of the collective unconscious reflecting popular hopes, expectations, and fears. You see what you want to see. It's a reflection of us. And the other interesting thing is here, when you start talking about this, it reminds me of parallels with UFO and monster sighting waves. The symptoms are so vague and common as to be experienced by everyone at some point, yet is likely to include a redefining of everyday aches and pains under a new label. Well, that's reminiscent of the setup for many UFO and monster sighting flaps because what you get there, and I've analyzed this in a book I wrote, after this initial sensational report, which triggers a wave, residents start to scrutinize their environment in that particular area for evidence of the perceived anomaly, whether it's a UFO, Bigfoot, or Chupacabra, or the Loch Ness Monster. And of course, human perception is very inaccurate, and people start to see what they expect to see. A rustling in the bushes becomes a Bigfoot. The wake in a boat is mistaken for a lake monster. Venus is taken for a UFO. What's the old saying in Shakespeare? Or in the night, imagining some fear. How easy is a bush, supposed a bear? And I always like to say, it's not seeing is believing. It's believing is seeing. Because when you believe, it alters your perceptual set of what you think may be in the world. And if you're a skeptic on Bigfoot and see a rustling in the bushes, well, you're probably not going to see a Bigfoot. And of course, ordinarily, people don't pay close attention to their surroundings but during these flaps, you get dozens of sightings often popping up in a short period of time because people are over-scrutinizing their environment where often they're not. So how are these incidences ended? How are they solved? How are they cured? How can we bring them to an end and put people's mind at ease if this is, as you say, a psychological incident? Well, it's called science. And unfortunately... This is a case of bad journalism, bad science, and bad government. And it's really unfortunate. And I put a lot of the blame 
on the Journal of the American Medical Association, which is one of the world's top medical journals. They came out with two very flawed studies. And unfortunately, when journalists who are not experts in the area see things like the Journal of the American Medical Association, they tend to assume that it's true. And you get these claims out there that there were white matter tract changes in people's brains or brain damage or hearing loss. And that's just not true. In December 2017, information was leaked to the media that doctors examining a number of Havana syndrome patients had discovered these mysterious white matter tract changes in their brains. This was big news for months and months and months, for about a year, in fact. And then the study finally came out in early 2018, and only three of the patients had white matter tract changes. Two were mild, one was moderate. If you walk down the street of London today and randomly pick out 21 people, that's exactly what you'd expect to find because white matter tract changes are common in everything from migraines to depression to normal aging. And so what you got is this report out there that was leaked for about a year. And then when the study comes out, it knocks that down. But that only gets like one or two days news The other had news for about a year, and there are people out there that still believe that there was brain damage. What we have to do is listen to the science, and unfortunately, the National Academy of Sciences let us down. Ultimately, their report said they weren't sure, and they said if they had to make a guess, they'd come out with this pulse microwave radiation. But quite honestly, they've gotten so much pushback, I really don't think they would have come out with that now. They would have just said they're not sure. So the way to remedy this is good science and good public communication. And I suppose part of that, Robert, is your book on this. So tell us, where can people read more about the Havana Syndrome and the history behind it? It's Havana Syndrome and it's available on Amazon. And it just came out as an audio book as well. And it's so important when you look at these cases, when you're dealing with history, to look and understand the historical context. Nothing just happens spontaneously. And the last point I really wanna make, it's so important. Recently, the ambassador, Spratlin, who headed up Joe Biden's investigation panel into Havana Syndrome, was on a conference call with a bunch of patients. And one of them asked them, what about the FBI report that was recently leaked which concluded that it was mass psychogenic illness, which is exactly what we concluded. What do you think about that? And she said, well, I haven't ruled out the possibility of mass psychogenic illness. Within days, there was such an outcry that she was forced to resign. Now, you're being forced to resign because you're holding open a possibility that it's mass psychogenic illness. That is an investigation then that's not being driven by science. It's being driven by politics. And that is a scary thing that's very concerning. Robert, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And before you go, remember, as a Warfare listener, you get a special discount at History Hit. Subscribers get access to blissfully, uninterrupted, ad-free podcasts and thousands of hours of history documentaries. You've got everything from the American Revolution to my own documentaries like Traces of War, Weapons of War and 24 Hours in Normandy, where I follow in the footsteps of the Green Howards on D-Day from their beach landings to being awarded the Victoria Cross and all the way through their first day where they made it seven miles inland, further than any other British or American unit. So head over to historyhit.com forward slash subscribe or follow the link in the show notes and use the code WARFARE to get 50% off your next three months. That's the code WARFARE to get 50% off. And if you're an Apple listener, you can subscribe for new ad-free episodes within the app. So give it a go. I know you're gonna love it.